Welcome to Soundscape Crusaders, a music discovery podcast where we pair music with meaning. Join co-hosts Nate and Levi on this journey as we dive deep and examine one song and episode, discuss what we love about it, and then pair it with something that emotionally and tonally coincides with the song. Incident at Nishabur by Santana. Jason X is 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 going it's 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 going full ape shit. I mean, mm-hmm. to the point where you get to 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 spacing, you know, him in the suit yeah. like that. I mean, the, that movie knows where it is. I mean, it's a yeah, guy it's, in a fucking hockey mask, guys. Right. Get over it. Like, yeah. you know, he's just yeah. he wants to if, kill. If, if, if you hate Jason kill. X, you don't like fun. No one thought they were ma- making a prestige movie when they sent Jason into space, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> just let it be a thing and it's awesome. Um, so I think we should, you know, we've been talking an hour now, Preston, how about you tell us about, uh, what your song is and then we're going to listen to it. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. So, uh, this song is called incident at, uh, uh, Nishabur. Um, sorry if I butchered the pronunciation, uh, but it's a, it's a track by Santana, the band off of their sophomore album, uh, Abraxas. And, uh, I love, um, <laughs> uh, thanks Nate. No, um, uh, I love Santana. I always have, uh, my mom, uh, grew up in that era when they were like really, really popular. I mean, they're popular now, but, um, that was, that was her time period. So, uh, I, I listened to a lot of their music, um, then, uh, cause like she liked soul music. So in Santana's Latin soul, and, um, this is known as the album. It's best known as the album with black magic woman on it, which is, arguably their their biggest hit song outside of smooth but um i really love this track especially because i love how crazy and anarchic it gets and i i love pure instrumentals for one thing um and and i love how it it's it begins as a wild incident and eventually becomes soul and and becomes uh very restful um and, and almost a respite song it's a song that i listen to whenever i'm in the car because I like to hype myself up and then detox instantly. I'm, I don't know, I'm weird like that. And this song kind of epitomizes my weird ass uh, music taste. So uh, I hope you guys like it. If not, I completely understand because it, it is different. It is very much a deep cut. But uh, yeah. So, so Nate, you you didn't know that this was going to be the song. Uh, have, I didn't. Know. Have you heard this? I have listened to Abraxas, front to back. Um, I it's a fantastic record. It's been a while since I've revisited it, probably like 29. It's probably been 10 years since I've revisited it. Obviously, Black Magic Woman's great. Oyo, uh, Oye Como Va is really good, too. Um, those are the two tracks I usually come back to on it. Um, uh, that one has Hope You're Feeling Better on it, right? That's on, uh, that's on Santana. Okay. Well, I like that song. Um, I believe so. I believe so. But I remember listening to Abraxas. So the track... Um, I know I, I can't remember it too well because um, like I don't really aside from like movie scores I like instrumental tracks I don't listen to ins- too many instrumental tracks as I should um, so it's been a while but Abraxas is great 
I do remember that. That'll never come out of my head. The opener is an instrumental as well. And it's really good as well. Um, I can't remember the name of it. What is it called? The Singing album Wins. art is incredible. Yeah. Santana's yeah. super fucking talented. That dude can shred. He's... <sighs> I definitely think he's top five guitarist. Probably top three. Um, at least for myself. Um, but that can always fluctuate. Except for number one. Prince will always be number one. Wow. Prince over Jimmy. Yeah. Uh, Prince... Super talented. I think he's the best. I think he had the best run of records in the 80s. I think that's a really hot take. Um, so, but, okay. He has Preston, some great you, records. You know, he Preston, does. okay. Let me, no, let me no, preface no, no, no. this. I'm not mad. No, I'm just, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just, because you know more about music than I do. That's why I'm mm-hmm. so interested. So, my mother and my mom's family is from Minneapolis, where he is from. And my grandfather has wow. 12 brothers and sisters, and one of his sisters went to high school with Prince. Knew, like, they knew each other. They weren't really good friends or anything like that, but they knew each other. And so, like, I have a little bit of a tie. Like, Prince was always played in my house. My mom saw him at least twice. Purple Rain Tour was one of the tours she went to. Yeah. So, Prince has been oh. in my house for a long ass time. I think Purple Rain is top 10 it's amazing for me it's fantastic the movie's all right but the record is phenomenal <laughs> um and sign of the times well, might be my album. favorite double lp of all time either that or the white album i flip on those um so wow. i love i love, I love that, uh, sign of the times but, no sign of the times i think that's uh that's a door on it right I, yes I like it. yeah I, I, I'm a terrible I'm like singer. So no, I'm 95% positive. Keep talking though. Keep uh, I could talk about Prince all day, but continue. I, lo- I love Sign of the Times. That's a that's another great album. Yeah, no, uh, I like a lot of what I've heard from Prince. I need to do a bigger deep dive into his dis- discography. Mm-hmm. I even remember liking. Um, I like Controversy a lot. That's a great album. Controversy's um, great. Uh, his self title's really good. Uh, what's um, the one where he has his shirt? Is that the one where he has his shirt off and he looks all like steamy and just like handsome and shit? That that album? That Remember, you mean, might be thinking of I mean, Parade. That's the one with the lover. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. that's his self titled like, yeah. That's his self titled Okay, okay, um, yeah. Some other good ones are Dirty funny. Talk. I mean, Dirty Talk's really good. Okay. Um, and Parade is also Parade has Kiss on it, which I think is just such a good track. Um and then uh his range man uh, his vocal range on that track and, alone and like just like take purple rain the record like he like composed all that and he could play all that he needed a band just you know to tour and to perform it in the studio with him but that's incredible the last thing i'll say before we jump back to santana is uh the track computer blue it's not my favorite uh, track on purple rain so but it's my favorite song to just listen to the so the, the the music because mm-hmm. I've never heard a song that is so initially minimalist, but the mm-hmm. way that he composes, he repurposes that same minimalism throughout the track. It's a, it's a five minute track. I yeah. think it's so impressive. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, we're going to have to one day, we're Dude, just going to have to, we need to out. have, <laughs> yeah, we need to, we need to talk us out. Cause baby, I'm a star is easily my favorite track on that record. Um, 
Isn't it so good, dude? Oh my god. It's so good. uh, And then it bleeds into Purple Rain. Dude, when he played at the halftime show, I I still think it's the best halftime show I've ever seen during the Super Bowl. Like Oh, I I completely a thousand percent agree. Nate, you are the man. I love Prince, dude. Dude, Preston, come back on. I'll pick a Prince song. We'll have a good (laughs) time. Amen, brother. Amen. Uh Preston, your your character in that student film we made introduced himself to a Prince song, by the way. <laughs> when you when you hit Caleb. Overrated. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, how can I forget that? Oh shit, yo, shit, what are you doing? What are you doing? Hey, Black, when are you time trigger? Get in now. I was in a huge Prince phase back, like during that time. It made sense because, yeah. like that whole, like that whole '80s aesthetic, the way you recapture it, like so good. I'm like so yeah, much good. Like, it's so good. That was fun. So, to shoot. So fun I'm, I'm still trying to make a sequel. I'm still trying to write a sequel. <laughs> Except like it Dude. would be way better now because it would, mm-hmm. we we I wrote that and shot it in a weekend, like yeah. within two days. Dude, I can see time. you becoming like a. A modern day Peter Hyams, like the way that you love, <laughs> or John Hyams, his son, I guess. I haven't seen Universal Soldier Day of Reckoning. I know that's Action Twitter's favorite right now. But, yeah, uh, I haven't seen that either. Yeah, no, I, I need to just like do a deep dive of DTB stuff because, yeah. We, I, I want to make something really dumb soon, but anyway. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Santana is fantastic. Black Magic Woman used to be on Guitar Hero 3 or was on the Guitar Hero 3 set list. And that was so fun. It to was, play yeah. Expert. It was so much fun to play. But So I do, I know this song, but like I said, it's been like a long ass time since I've listened to it. So it'll be kind of like fresh-ish enough. So do y'all want to listen to this song? Yeah, I need, sure. I need to get a refresher yeah. in. So... so uh, Preston, usually what we do is we all zero out and then we hit play on one. So we count down from three, two, and then on one we play it. So we have. Yeah, so we changed it up. Like we don't come in ahead of time listening to the song. Okay. We don't have really any show show prep. So like our, our reactions are going to be like the most. Yeah, it's, it's more like it's a game wrong. now. diverse track it's a very diverse track that's that's why i picked it uh was that um well for one thing i didn't want to pick anything that was like the last time i was here just because i wanted to provoke a very different kind of discussion but i also feel like santana is obviously he's a a very high selling musician he's very prominent as as nate just said like he's very heralded guitarist but um i feel like a lot, uh, still a lot of people like I, I communicate with don't really talk about them as much as we talk about the other rock legends, rock gods, as it were. So, yeah, and I think I love that track the most on this album. It's actually my favorite track on here because I think it's the, it's the track at least on this album that has, that has his most diversity and, uh, it very much uses the, the very under, underappreciated medium of jazz rock to, uh, basically just like really show you uh, the range of the band <laughs> for five minutes straight. And it's also right. chill. Like it starts off as just this crazy 
this crazy ruckus and then uh but organized ruckus at that and then it it, it slowly segues into just like perfect perfect jazziness um yeah, yeah it's, it's yeah no I, i'm glad y'all like this uh this track yeah it it starts off with a bang like it's hard it has a lot of bravado and then it slowly slides into this elegant like almost romantic kind of you know you're sitting out on the in like i don't know the picture that came to my mind was like a nice summer evening picnic kind of thing like just nice and quiet and and that's such a huge jump from where you start out at the beginning because like I just looped this song over again and it, it's it's almost jarring because you're like oh this is the same song but it, it's tailored so well throughout the track that you don't even notice the change you just kind of roll with it which is really great yeah I think this song is a really good um oh god really good highlight for how talented the band is not only as like just technical musicians solo but how well they work as a unit because so the first thing that really kind of stuck out to me throughout the whole track is how the drummer and the bass player were essentially in sync the you know the keyboardist Mm. and santana himself on guitar like like those two guys the bass player and the drummer just like really kind of kept everything going forward um and kind of kept everything within a certain not rhythm but within a certain sense of I guess closeness. I don't think that's the right word, but it kept the band together from like veering into like freeform jazz or something like that. But like the first chunk of the track is like the keyboardist, which I think this record came out in 68. And that was like, it was like definitely like when keyboards are starting to become big, when, you know, when people think of organ player or a keyboard player, they think of the doors. That's the first band that really comes to mind for myself. Um, but like other bands were implementing keys, like Beatles did it all the time. Rolling Stones did it for a good chunk of their ta- uh, phase two. John Paul Jones played uh, keys for Led Zeppelin, even though that's the 70s. Um, but I think this song is just a super good highlight for how talented they were, because obviously Black Magic Woman, I think, is a fantastic track, and it really highlights uh, Santana's technical prowess as a guitar player. But in this song, all their band members get to shine. Everyone gets to really show off how impressive they are as a musician. And I think, I just think the drummer, the bass player did such a good job keeping everything going and still letting these guys go out and do like their wicked cool solos, you know, let them improv for a little bit. But I think the track just goes through so many like highs and lows. It feels like you're on a wave on the, on the ocean. You hit your like, initial like crash you know with the bombastic beginning and then you start chilling out and then you get back into it then you chill out again and it's a it's a really well composed track and man i think this comes like what is this is in the middle of abraxas right this is like track yeah yeah it's 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 right if you have uh if you have the vinyl and i only know Mm -hmm. this because i'm I'm, i've only listened to this on streaming but um Mm -hmm. um, i believe it's right before you flip the vinyl over okay so so it's the last song on side a I think I just I think this track is such a good middle point for the record. It just would fit. It just sounds like it fits so good in the middle. But I just I'm I forgot how like talented they all are. Aside from Carlos Santana, um, 
And I think this track just does a really good job mm. representing, you know, all those different musicians. It's a really good I track. Think it does them. Well, I think it, <laughs> no, no, I appreciate uh, your insight. Um, mm-hmm. And no, seriously, I, I think kind of like you said, like it's a, it's a track where everyone shines and they're allowed to improvise, but it still remains the same. I mean, that's what I love about yeah rock and jazz and why yeah. i feel like both genres often go hand in hand were you are you super big into the grunge kind of you know it's movement? interesting i actually didn't get into grunge uh, until college so um that's when i listened to um okay. uh, the alice in chains album um uh what is that called rain when i that's, die we like talked that about album. them last uh, week uh yeah dirt there you go there you go dirt it's and a bones, great record that, that record yeah yeah, fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, I, I love Alice in Chains. Yeah. Um, Ugh. Um, I, I love that. Dude, you'll like our last episode. We talked about a nice. song off the self-titled oh, record. hell yeah, dude. Nice. No, I... Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna excited to put, I've been getting excited Soundgarden as well. Um, literally ever since the, this past year. What a voice, seriously. And I was... I was man, I, I feel bad telling you guys this i mean because i mean you you guys probably worship at chris grinnell's you know genius but like i i didn't i literally didn't get into him until the past year like and i i i know these bands are good like Soundgarden and bands like that but i just hadn't taken the time to pearl jam yeah Nirvana, pearl Jam's great. Allison, Chains, i mean that yeah that's so exciting because like that's the stuff i like listened to in like middle school and high school because i was I, not gonna lie anxious hey, fuck man, i'm angsty team. now why do you think i'm um, listening to it now but like it's cool to like hear you. Well, I'm angsty now, bro. <laughs> dude, like I would love to like hear like, dude, I would love to hear like this is your first time listening to it. Like I would love to hear that someday. Like how like, what that felt like? Because like I remember listening to Out Dirt. I was like, what did I say? Leave. I was like 13, 12, 13. Because my dad yeah, owned that yeah. CD, and there was them Bones was on Guitar Hero too, and I was like, hey dad, look at this song. And he's like, let me let me show you up, son. <laughs> like I have the record. Your dad did a good job. Yeah. Well, well, since like y'all kind of commandeered this part of the discussion, like, let me ask you this time: What pieces of media would y'all pair this with? I thought about mine all day. The moment I suggested this song to you, I was like, I, I, I knew I didn't have to think that hard. I was like, I know what is perfect for this. I just do. But I think I have a good idea. This was a tough one for me for a little bit, but once I got once I got on a certain track. Uh, it, it it became pretty easy, so I was going in between two teen movies actually, because I felt like the 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 energy of the song itself kind of felt like that might fit. Both of the ones that came to mind mm. initially are both from 1989. The one I didn't pick is uh, Heather's, so okay. I almost went there, but. It didn't quite fit so what i ended up going is the more romantic route because the end of this song has a very uh it's just sweet it's sweet and it's innocent where you have that very big like hard start at the beginning uh and and it's almost like there are two different characters one's like kind of more of a ruckus and messy the other one's clean and um and studious uh so that's why i went with say anything hell yes that's what i chose i'm gonna take out diane court diane court 
Charlotte doesn't go out. She's a brain. Trapped in the body of a game show hostess. We don't want to see you get hurt. I want to get hurt. Diane Court. Hello, Diane. Looking at you tonight. Hi. Lloyd Dobler, sir. I'm an athlete, so I rarely drink. Kickboxing. Have you heard of kickboxing? Sport of the future? I can see by your face, no. My point is you can relax because your daughter will be safe with me for the next seven to eight hours, sir. I watched that recently for the first time. Like, what? Re- like within the last month or so. Did you, did you hold your, you your boombox high, boy? <laughs> Bro, yeah. It's a great movie. It, it it's was, a great movie. It was so much more sweet than I expected it to be. Like, I, I thought it was going to be like it's most charming, 80s it's teen, like it's, it's, it's actually teen so romances. Charming. Yeah, and it's... It's sincere, yeah. you know? It's a beautiful and it, movie. And it's... It's amazing to see a movie where, like, they have a character, like, everyone's pushing back against him saying he's, like, a slacker or whatever. And, like, when he's, like, everybody pushes back against him when he's, like, my purpose in life is to be with her and to make her happy. And that's it. And, like, it's such a simple thing for him. And people treat him like he's, uh, like, a loser for it, which is such an interesting a conflict to have. So Lloyd, you graduated Lakewood, right? Yes, sir. What are you gonna do now? Yeah, Lloyd. What are your plans for the future? Spend as much time possible with Diane before uh, she leaves. Seriously, Lloyd. I'm totally and completely serious. No, really. You mean my career? Um. I don't know. I've, I've <clears throat> thought about this quite a bit, sir, and I, I would have to say, considering what's waiting out there for me, I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed, or buy anything sold or processed, or process anything sold, bought, or processed, or repair anything sold, bought, or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. So, uh, my father's in the Army. He wants me to join, but I can't work for that corporation. Um, so what I've been doing lately is kickboxing and I was not expecting she's it. like the cop, um, like she's going to go to college and kind of thing like move away and all that. Yeah. I want to say that was a uh, Cameron Crowe's directorial debut too, because he had written uh fest. It is. Yeah. I know it's his movie. I think it is. His directorial. Yeah. I think yeah. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. That's I what know. Wikipedia says. Who's the, is it, is it, I own sky. Is that who plays the, that's who plays the love interest, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, John she's, Cusack and I own. She's so. Good. I don't know if I pronounce that right, but she's I so saw. Good. I literally saw it after college. Like that was. I had never seen it either until uh, until a few years ago. Yeah. No, but no. Uh, much like you, I, I I didn't see it until a few years ago, and uh, I I really really liked it. Um, the moment you said 1989, I was like, oh, I I hope he goes say anything. Um, and it's sweet, man. I'm, I'm so glad you liked it, man. I, I need to re rewatch it myself. I'm upset. That's a great pick. The song itself has those two characters in it. Mm-hmm. I, I really felt like that would like, whereas like, I don't Could I picture that song in this movie? Maybe, but tonally, I, I think it kind of tells their, mm-hmm. tells the story of the, uh, of the movie in it. So 
That's so interesting you picked that because, mm. for one thing, that confirms that uh, Nate is the 80s king uh, for having that picture. <laughs> then the other point I want to make um, is that um, when we get to me, I actually picked another Cusack movie. So that's ironic. Oh, wow. I'm wondering if this is going to yet again create a great, like, little triple feature. That'd be interesting. Because so far, I'm st- we've had some. No, we had we. Sorry, we've had um just our just yeah. We could have some good double features. One week, Preston, we had American Werewolf in London and Underworld Evolution, and that would be our double feature. Yeah. <laughs> See, it's interesting because I've actually never seen uh, American Werewolf World in London. Like I, I need to, I know I need Ooh. to see that. Please, can I watch You'd it? Like with it. You like it? I love that movie. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, um, no, I, yeah. I, I know it's like a staple, so I, I need, I need to watch it. <sighs> you might. Oh man, it's a good. I one. don't want to be one of those guys who's like Preston watch this movie, and you're like, yeah, it was all right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if you, I don't know how much you do know about American Werewolf in London. I know nothing. But if you, okay, nothing. great, because I think you'll be very surprised at what kind of movie. You'll be shocked. Very I think surprised. you'll be shocked. I was actually. I Levi. guarantee you. <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's what's up? Levi, last time I was at my house, um, we're visiting my parents. My dad and I got like onto a conversation of like why that movie's so good. Cause I told him you and I were talking about it in one of our episodes, and he's like, Oh, I love that movie. I love blah 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 blah. And I'm like, Yeah, blah blah, you know, the blah blah blah, you know, it's talked about <laughs> yeah, why, yeah, but like it's so whole... much. I don't want because we were obviously like my dad and I were talking about spoilers. We've seen it multiple times. Um, right. I don't want to ruin anything. Oh, so it's like it's, in your DNA. It's one of those movies I saw way too young. <laughs> it's just on TV. My dad's like, yeah, you can watch it, whatever. Like, and then I'm sleeping like in the same bed as, bed as my brother for like three weeks, you know? <laughs> so that's your RoboCop. Dude. It's, <laughs> I, man. Okay. But Levi, I love your pick. If you can't tell, I love that movie. I think it's my favorite romantic comedy that I've ever seen. Um, I just think it's so well done. I think John Cusack is just, he's, I get it. He's trying to be like, they're trying to make him out to be like a degenerate, but he is so likable as a character. And I think that helps with how talented Cusack is as as an actor. I think he does a good job. So love that movie. Yeah. And he, it it does a great job of not over characterizing the nerd type. Mm -hmm. Like he's not like a nerd, but he is a dork. Yeah. And he's a goof, I think yeah. that's like such a it's not like the typical like kid with glasses getting beat up or whatever it's an evolution he's from just, the john hughes type of nerd which which yeah got his start in like he like people forget he's he's one of the he's one of uh anthony michael hall's friends in 16 candles like one of his goofy ass friends and, and oh wow yeah and and i think that um um say anything is an evolution of that archetype where he became that romantic bad boy for a whole generation of of 80s kids plus nate of course um (laughs) and 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 actually the movie that i'm gonna speak about it it extrapolates cusack's talent i think in this regard because cusack cusack's best films in my opinions uh say anything of course being one of them um are where he plays very unlikable what would be otherwise an unlikable character um he's able to ground that with his quirks um, I mean, yeah. you look at a movie like Con Air, and he pissed off director Simon West a lot because he insisted that his character be like, "Oh yeah, I want to just like walk around with my shoes off," uh, 
Why do that? <laughs> oh, because I just want to. Like that's part of the character that I'm, that I'm inventing on the spot. And Cusack's known for his improvisation, and and there's definitely moments of of saying anything where it's definitely born, uh, where some of that character is born out of just Cusack being himself. Um, right. And I think that propensity aids that movie really well when the movie is is built off of genuity and sincerity in regards to its treatment of its female character, which I think makes it hold up infinitely better than ninety five percent of the its ilk. Yeah. I was expecting to be grossed out by something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, some and, of those and, movies like, did I was not like, age oh, this well. is like, but you know, you can still enjoy it, yeah. but it's like, you know, you just kind of, you got to go in with that little, right. you know, tag in your head. But even like pretty in pink, I think has some very questionable scenes. I think breakfast club aged. Okay. I don't think it that is. has. Yeah. Um, some of it his later well. films, I think planes, trains is still amazing. Um, I still love Uncle Buck with John Candy. I actually think that's my favorite John Hughes movie. If I had to pick, I love that movie. Um, <laughs> but like, there are some of the older ones that are like, ooh, uh, guys. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, this one is so charming. No, for a movie, charming. for a movie called Say Anything, they really like do a great job of of saying nothing with their eyes and fucking with their eyes. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John had them fuck me eyes. No, I, I need to I need to rewatch it, man. Uh, it's it's again, it's been a couple years. I've only seen it one time, but I remember really, really, really liking it. Um, and I wish it was uh, I wish it was a, a part of like my upbringing. Like I, I wish uh, I, yeah. I had that experience. Yeah, yeah no, I agree. Really I think it's on HBO Max right now. Um, that's where I watched it. Perfect. So uh, it's either HBO Max or Hulu, but I think it's HBO Max. Um, Nate, have you? Give it any thought to what you, what kind of pick you have. I'm going between two. I think I know which one I'm going to pick. Um, but there's Talk two down. that are really going through my head. And so I, when listening to the song, if it's like described, like how I described it, it's a, like a wave in the ocean. You have your highs and your lows. So you can feel that emotionally through a song, but you can also feel that emotionally kind of through a movie as well, whether it be through action, horror, comedy, romance. Um, I don't know which one to pick because I think they both fit that mer- that idea of like starting off like bang, slowing down, getting back into it, and then slowing down and kind of you know easing your landing. <sighs> I'll tell you the one I didn't pick. And I'll just, and then I'll explain why I'm not going to pick it. So one of the ones, one of the two I was thinking of that came to mind was from *Dust Till Dawn*, Robert Rodriguez's action horror film from '96. Because um, it starts off with the bang, um, then it lulls, and then like, oh shit, vampires gets back into the fray, and then it like dies down. You know, uh, I think it's um, Juliette Lewis's character gets away. Um, but you know, when I kind of really think on the song, especially just like hearing it so recently, I don't think it's as bombastic or quote unquote violent as a horror movie. So just the other movie that came to mind, 
I'm sorry, what? sorry. Just the fact that Salma Hayek's name in this movie is San, Santonico Pandemonium. Like, uh, that's, what, <laughs> that's why I was laughing. It's not just the fact that it's a crazy movie. It's batshit and oh, junky as fuck. It's, it's, the fact it's insane. Yeah. I always remember the character names for some reason. I haven't seen yeah. the movie in like five years, maybe, but like... It's been a while. Yeah, but like I remember enjoying it, but it's like not one I would turn to often, you know? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, Tom Savini's <laughs> Sex Machine, like uh, <laughs> Day Trails, Razor dude, Charlie. the whole snake and all that. And, oh my dude, god, dude, I remember watching it, um, and I kind of knew nothing about. It. I think it was like nineteen or something. It was on TV. I know it'd been a. There's some movies I didn't watch as a kid, guys. Um, <laughs> And my brother and I were watching it, and it was like, oh, this is going to be like a heist movie. Now they got to hide. Oh, wow. Selma Hayek's like stripping. What the fuck? There are vampires. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, but you, it was like our train of thought. You also skipped the part where like What's it's up? got Tarantino sucking Selma Hayek's toe. <laughs> Like, what is yeah. that about? Yeah, I was trying to, dude. I don't, dude. He literally went to Robert. He's like, Robert, you're my friend. Let me do this. <laughs> but like, let's let's not warn Salma. You know, like it's some fucking weird shit like, like that. Like, just say it was in the That's script, I was, dude. I was trying to bypass that. I don't know what to talk about. My bad, my bad, my bad. But no, no, no. You're good. But that's not the movie I went through because I think Levi's right. I think this this song has a more romantic. Like, or just a strong, tight relationship, whether it's just even between two friends. So the movie I'm going to go with is 1971's dark comedy, Harold and Maude. Try something new each day. After all, we're given life to find it out. <laughs> it doesn't last forever. Oh, it's all right. It's organic. Harold? Maude? Did I tell you I'll be 80 on Saturday? This is definitely an new experience for me oh nice nice have y'all seen that have y'all seen it yes i have not i haven't what do you think of it preston i love it man um Mm -hmm. i i I love 70s film to begin with and uh it was Mm -hmm. a movie that a friend passed me his his uh his his blu-ray actually in college um Mm -hmm. uh because i think uh i think it was i'm pretty sure it's in the criterion collection but either way um it is such an off kilter premise, but it's it's right. executed with such with like no grace? tongue in cheek, like it, it's yeah. yeah with grace, like because I mean it could go either way. It's it's because it's literally because um, it's a Hal Ash, Ashby movie, I believe. Um, actually, watched one of I his movies for the first time uh, last yeah. year. Uh, another one of his movies, but anyways, mm-hmm. no ha- Ashby's talented man, and and the premise is literally yes. Bud Court it's a, plays. It's a kid who's obsessed with death. He's like what nineteen twenty. Yeah, he he's right, and I think he's either he's either like trying to figure out ways of killing himself, or he's like just basically mimicking suicide in different ways. I think he's, if I remember correctly, he's like staging death. Like whether it's, I think he did one where he's like supposed to be like hanging, um, one where he like, oh, I, I think he like took pills. I can't remember exactly, but he drives a hearse. Yeah, as like, it's like a like satirical kind of thing. He drives a fucking hearse, but he he becomes friends with this like eighty year old woman while he's visiting at funeral. This funeral, <laughs> yeah, he's just he's funeral hopping. <laughs> Levi, this kid is funeral hopping, and he meets this lady named Maud, and he becomes just like infatuated with her because she's got all this wisdom, and he's teaching him this idea to like enjoy his time on Earth. Mm-hmm. 
and they really have this really, really tight friendship as the movie progresses. And I think there are parts of the movie where it gets kind of more hectic, like in the middle, near the end, kind of middle end yeah. part. I don't want to spoil too much because Levi, it is a really good movie. I think you should check it out. No, I, but I it ends on like a kind of hap. It ends on kind of like a calmer note because I think, if I remember correctly, this isn't really a spoiler, but he drives the hearse off the cliff, and I think he's singing a Cat Stevens song, but he's in color for the first time throughout the whole movie. Yeah, that's yeah, that's. uh, But he's in color. He's in a. I, I can't remember what color. I think it's either red, red or yellow. But he's in color. He's in a colored shirt. It's the first time he's worn color all movie. It's just I think. The way the song makes me feel is it feels like it's like Levi said, it's between two people, but it's like a really good friendship as well as romantic. Um, And if I want to look at it in that kind of perspective, I think that's a really good movie to use. It was one of those movies I had to watch for film school, um, kind of one of those side quiz movies. And I was just so enamored with it because I think it captured this concept of friendship and that age isn't a barrier for them as friends you know she's 80 you know 79 80 he's like in early 20s like that's a long disc that's a long gap yeah but they don't use that as a barrier and they become great friends and i think it's just so captivating so that's i mean that's why i like i think that fits i think that fits for that movie it's a wonderful movie man uh it's a it's a very very Mm -hmm. pitch black dark comedy that becomes Yes, a, a heartwarming coming of age story, but it doesn't lose its serious yeah. edge. Um, and that's something it that, maintains that black comedy throughout. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a uh, no, I, I it's it's one of the most unique comedies uh, I've seen from the seventies. So yeah, yeah, highly yeah. recommend it. I think that's a great pick. I too. think it's holy it's, shit. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was thank not you. thinking about I think, that. Like that's a great pick, man. <laughs> it's I think yeah I think it's seventy one. It's just. It was one of those movies we had to watch for class, and I was just like, ah, whatever. You know, <laughs> I've got to watch it. And I was like, holy crap, this is so good. Like, this. Because I read the premise, I'm like, all right, whatever, this is going to be goofy. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this is like genuine, like really genuine. And the way Ashby, like, just captivates, just the, it captivates their friendship. It just feels so unique and it feels so real that you feel for these characters and you want them to like maintain that friendship forever. And, you know? and Ruth Gordon, I think is the actress's name. And uh, she, uh, she does a, I, I think her comic timing is spectacular. Um, oh, she's really good. In it. She actually wrote uh, some screwball comedy screenplays back in the forties. Like she was also a screenwriter mm-hmm. too. Um, like she wrote oh, wow. uh, several Catherine Hepburn movies back in the wow. day. Like she even got an Oscar nom. I, let me, let me <laughs> see. Because she'd been in the business since, like, what, 1920, yeah. I think? Yeah. Not the year, but, like, her age, 19. Yeah, the silent. I yeah, think she'd silent. been in it for a Right. Yeah, she's, her, like you said, Preston, her timing is just, you can't teach that. It's just so good. It's, ugh. I really have, like, a soft spot for that movie, just because, like, it reminds me of, like, a lot of the tight friendships I've made over my years, like, you know, like, with y'all two, for sure. It's just, I love... I think, you know, being social creatures, I think, like, just it's good to have your boys, like, good to have your friends. I think it's just great. I think it's a great yeah. thing. And, and her friendship is is such a a surprising but also warming catharsis, too. And I think it helps that yeah. it's an older woman. Yeah. 
where <laughs> if it was in the hands of any lesser filmmaking team, creative creative people or whatever, it would it could easily be creepy. But the fact that the movie really plays on her warmth as a maternal figure, while also, I mean, yeah. obviously being kind of a, a, a romantic coming of age movie, the movie the movie mines a lot of great comedy out of the Edelpal aspects as well. I don't say that to be mm-hmm. weird, but it, it's something that I think Ashby does with intent. Um, yeah. Again, like I, I've only seen it that one time in college, but like I remember so much about it, man. It's it's. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, granted, dude, Preston, I've only seen it. I've only seen it three times total, and every time, just I'm like, this is so good. I need to watch it more, you know. So I've, I'm with. Yeah, I'm you, gonna make. A, I'm seriously that's gonna a, make a note to rewatch mm-hmm. it. Yeah, it's good, Levi. It's good. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. I, it sounds great. Sounds like a good pick. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited. But yeah, to hear I, I'd Preston like to watch good. it. That's that's another one where I have always known the name but i just never watched you know and that that's the great thing about film school though is that we were introduced to a lot of movies we normally wouldn't have even looked at so well that's the beauty Um, of like people who are film people who can share you know their different tastes with each other it's like right you know you might you might not be into one thing that you know nate is really into and and i'm sure he shared some gems with you you know so oh yeah vice versa so yeah Yeah. man. oh for sure yeah like, I didn't think Last Action Hero was going to be good. And I came out of that like, this is so way ahead of its time. I was like, this is way ahead of its time. I love it was, that movie so much. Brilliant. I show everyone that movie. That movie was way ahead of its time. Way ahead of its time. So good. <sighs> All right, Preston. So, uh, what's your pick? Preston, it's your best for last, man. Oh, goodness. I don't know about all that. Um, so the movie, um, the movie I, I'm picking... Is um, it's a romantic comedy. It is also a high school reunion movie. Um, it is also a crime movie, uh, a music heavy movie, and an action movie, all at the same time. And it does so. It does all those things better than a lot of movies. Not all, but a lot of movies in those individual genres. And that movie is Gross Point Blank. Dear Points High alumni, can you believe it's been 10 years since you left Gross Point? Don't tease me, you know what I do for a living. I just honestly don't know why I have a collar with those people anymore. And what am I going to say? I killed the president of Paraguay with a fork. How have you been? Go see some old friends. Have some punch. Visit with what's her name? Debbie. Don't kill anybody for a few days. See what it feels like. I'll give it a shot. No, no, don't give it a shot. Don't shoot anything. Nineteen ninety-seven, starring John Cusack. Um, I haven't yeah, seen wait, that have either. Y'all seen this? <laughs> uh-uh. Oh man! Oh no. man! Let me let me let me. No, I, I, okay, I'm gonna sell you on this. Okay, so <laughs> so uh, the movie stars uh, John Cusack. Um, so about eight years after saying anything, so he's very much uh, playing on his romantic, you know, slash bad boy image that say anything kind of kind of birthed for him. Um, and of course, um, he, he did a lot of really great solo stuff in between this and then, but this was one of his pet projects, actually. Like this was something that he co-wrote with Steve Pink, um, Steve Pink, who, who later directed, accepted in Hot Tub Time Machine and About Last Night. Very underrated comedy director, in my opinion. But anyways, I digress. But Cusack plays a hitman who is the best of his kind and 
he finally gets an assignment to uh, that takes him back to his hometown of Gross Point, Michigan, where his hit takes where his hit takes place at the exact same time as his high school reunion, and he hates high school. Like high school is uh. where he stood up um, an adorable woman um, at the time. He went off to join the army because he didn't know what he wanted to do with his life. Uh, much like what happened with a lot of people who uh, are a part of the, the 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 Fight Club generation, a lot of people who kind of went off to to do to fight, but didn't have a word of necessarily fight for or, or with. Um, uh, his character Marvin uh, uh, Martin Blank is is an, is an epitome of that generation, and so here you have someone who's only really great at killing people. <laughs> uh, to the point to where his therapist and the people that the person that he works with, um, who's all, who's played by Joan Cusack, actually um, kind of the cue to his James Bond. <laughs> um, um, she doesn't really connect with him on a personal level. Like he really needs to. And so he goes back to his high school reunion and has to confront all those feelings that he once left back when he was a lost teenager. And the love interest is played by Minnie driver a couple years years. Uh, I believe, I believe, no, it's actually the same year as uh, Google Hunting. So this is kind of like her peak year. Um, yeah. And and the it's movie crazy. just has so much, uh, the, the comic timing, Cusack's dry delivery, I think is, is arguably the best of his career. Um, I think if you are a Cusack fan, definitely check this movie out. If you're a comedy fan, check it out. And if you're an action fan, um, out of action comedies, like it, it, it has some of the best action that an action comedy has ever had. Like there's a fight scene between Cusack and Benny uh, Arquitas. Uh, Benny Arquitas, um, who fought Jackie Chan in the movie Mills on Wheels back in the '80s and was a stuntman for a lot of those Hong Kong movies. This movie is not a Tarantino ripoff, but it has that that Hong Kong post John Woo, uh, Troy Hark kind of influence on it. And it comes across during that fight scene. And there's a lot of moments just through the way that Cusack moves his body where um, where uh, that military type of tactician, which he studied for, by the way, he studied how to shoot guns in that manner uh, before he filmed this movie. Um, he did a lot. He does a lot of his own stunts in the movie. There's a there's a great fight scene to uh, Guns N' Roses cover of Live and Let Die as well, where it ends in an explosion. And, that, and that's the thing, like Joe, yeah, Joe Strummer from the Clash. He he, he pulled together, yeah. He composed the the score, but he also executively produced the Do soundtrack, which is a, <laughs> a collection of like all of this great ska revival from the eighties and the nineties, as well as a lot of stuff like the Pogues. Um, uh, the Jam is on the soundtrack. Uh, uh, Johnny Nash is on the soundtrack as well. And the Clash, of course. I think I said that earlier, but but yeah, no. Um, and the reason why I picked this song specifically is because one, all the genres that's playing around in and aiming per- and nailing perfectly at the same time. Um, that that's what the song is. This song is giving you all the different sides of of Santana. Just like Girls Point Blank, I feel like it gives you all the different sides of John Cusack. It gives you the romantic say anything type shit. It gives you the grifters type of noir that that was prominent back in the nineties. It's, it's kind of, it's, it came out the same year as Con Air. So you're getting that weird Cusack who was segueing finally into the mainstream 
uh, blockbuster Bruckheimer kind of mold. And uh, I think this movie has some, if not all of his best work. Um, and and this song, Instant at N- Nisha Burr, I'm, I'm wrapping this up, I swear, guys. Um, <laughs> um, it reminds me of a scene that happens later in the movie where his adversary, who's played by Dan Aykroyd, I should you not, that Dan Aykroyd from Ghostbusters, he's playing a rival hitman. He's coming in to basically circumvent his hit in the final act of the movie. And there's a, there's a, this kind of a Irish sounding rock song um, that plays like, while like that's where a, a guitarist is kind of just strumming it. And I think if you replace that with instant and Neshaber, it would make so much sense. Um, particularly the beginning of the song where it gets kind of chaotic before it segues into that romantic bliss that since the movie is a romantic comedy, it ends with. So yeah, man, if you, if you love music, if you love action, if you love John Cusack, if you love Mini Driver, uh, definitely check this shit out, man. It's uh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. All time. That sounds awesome. I'm sold. I'm in. Like, I, like, yeah, like, you know, there's the times when you're like, oh yeah, I'll put it on my list, and you're like, oh, I'll watch it eventually. This is like another one of those uh deep covers where I'm like, I need to watch that sooner than later. That sounds really <laughs> yeah. fun. And it, it sounds, it, it sounds like something that's pretty, a pretty easy watch too. It is. No, it's, it's yeah. one of my comfort movies. Like there's a lot of movies that I adore, um, that I only watch. Like if that like once or twice a year, this is one that I find right. myself, I, I, I swear to God, dude, I'm serious. Like I watch this at least 10 times a year it's Whoa. while i'm working like I, I can literally quote the movie like there's a there's a scene where like he's it's just to, always on yeah like there's a scene where uh cusack is talking to alan arkin because alan arkin plays his therapist and uh <sighs> he's just like i killed the pa- president of paraguay with a fork and and just cusack's dry delivery where again much like say anything he's his best roles are where he's making otherwise unlikable characters palatable yeah. Um, yeah. And Cusack has an inherent sadness to his face and <laughs> and his character's backstory and his portrayal that I think makes say anything a great intro to this triple feature. And I think it makes gross point blank the bang of this triple feature where you're getting that Cusack, yeah. but you're also getting uh, a bit of the residuals, uh, you know, from 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 Nate's movie where it, the comedy is very, very dark. In, in Harold and Maude, but the comedy is 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 dark in a in a much more fantastical manner in Gross Point Blank. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing I'll say before I get to what what Nate has to say, because I'm very interested um, to hear what he has to say. The movie is directed by George Armitage, who is not a household name. He didn't direct a lot after this movie, but he came up in the in the, with Roger Corman, so he made a lot of movies with like uh, hmm. small smaller stuff with like Jonathan Demme the same camp as like James Cameron, the same camp that gave us like Jack Nicholson. So he, and I just watched um, another movie of his for the first time um, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, that was also very, very actiony, but has some great acting. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, he brings that Hong Kong influenced edge to this hitman romantic comedy. So, yeah. It just sounds like a good triple feature. That's all I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. I was <laughs> I was like thinking really about good. like what order, and I, I feel like the order that I would go with is the order of which we present it. I think so, too. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's laid out pretty well. 
Yeah. No, well, y'all start off with like some major classics, I would say, like major classics. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad to end it with like a cult favorite um, to kind of right now. That's yeah, and something high energy, a little more high energy. It seems like. Well, yeah, because say anything, and especially Hero to Mod, like those movies are very very thoughtful. Um, Right. Like say anything is such a generational touchstone. I mean, it's timeless. It's it's perfect. Harold and Maude is perfect in a in a filmic sense. Yeah, it's it's cinema, as I put my pinky yeah. up in the air. Um, I want to say both movies are relatively short too, like ninety to a hundred minutes. They're not long. And and, and again, Grossman yeah. Blank is very much that way. Yeah. That's why I've seen it so many times. Is that okay. it's, it's an hour forty, give or take. It's, oh, okay, hundred minutes. It's digestible. Then. Yeah. I mean, I mean, the moment that Dan Aykroyd is in a diner with uh, John Cusack, and they're eating while they have uh, their guns facing at each other under under the table and Dan Aykroyd whispers out loud um, when you're dead I'll skull fuck your brain hole I just think that that's that's peak that's peak dialogue right there Tarantino couldn't write that right. <laughs> nope I'm kidding guys <laughs> not about that joke though that's <laughs> nope <laughs> Nate like especially it. you being a music yeah. fan I don't have much to you say you will fall in love with the soundtrack dude mm-hmm. I swear like it's got Queen on there it's got a uh, David Bowie's on the soundtrack as well. Um, oh, is it Under Pressure? Did they choose that song? Yeah, yeah. They choose it for a scene where <laughs> John Cusack's just staring at a baby because his character is so lonely. He's just like, he's just staring into a baby's eyes. Wait, you hold Robbie for a sec? No. I'm, I'm going to get his bottle. It's okay. Go ahead. You won't break him. Spend the first year just trying to keep these little guys alive. Yeah, I imagine they'd be there very vulnerable to the elements and the way that under pressure is used (laughs) anytime i i hear Uh under pressure i think about that scene now it is such a silly moment Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean, um, and Pete Townshend from the from the Who, he's also uh, on the soundtrack as well. So. Oh, cool! Wow, yeah. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I love. I mean, Cusack's just awesome. I love him in High Fidelity. He's really good in that. I forgot he's in that. Yeah. Um, I actually like him in 1408 as well, the Stephen King uh, adaptation. Sam Jackson style. That. Yep. Um, yeah, dude, that hotel room is fucking creepy. Um. Yeah, dude, this triple, I would watch this triple feature in a day, in like a heartbeat, like no cap. And you'd be done dude, with it. Like, yeah, no, no, y'all chose some tremendous movies, man. I'm, I'm super happy that this song was able to inspire that from you guys. Uh, hey, I didn't want to come on y'all's pod bringing a shitty ass song. I mean, I probably will do that on purpose one <laughs> no. day just to see what y'all think. But, <laughs> but. <laughs> so far, I think we've liked everything, right? Yeah, there hasn't been anything yeah. where we were like, eh, you know. Have we had any stink- <laughs> stinkers? <laughs> no, I don't I've think we l- have. I've liked everything so far. <laughs> yeah, everything. So this- everything I, I haven't heard has joined my playlist. So it's all. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. all been good. Same. I'm. I'm very Damn. excited about this, and I feel like, yeah, I got a lot of new movies to watch now. But this was, dude. This was such a great episode. I love. Preston, I love when you join us because, like, you. What I always thought was so fun whenever, like, we cross paths is you. You just. The way, like, you. you 
like not hold yourself, but the way you talk about music is just so like, not inviting, but like, it makes my brain go too. like, cause you, I'll pull out like, like one time we were at Levi's house and I said, Danny Brown, you're like, I love Danny Brown. I was like, what? Oh my. And we talked about <laughs> downward yeah. spiral. Actually, I think, I think Levi joined as well. Cause you, I know you listen to that. Right yeah. Too, Levi. Yeah. But like talking about that is just so exciting. Like I, cause like a lot of my co like some of my coworkers listen to music, but like they're stuck in their days, you know, they're not going to, branch out more and i don't really care to a lot like, of people don't, don't like often, but, dissecting mm. thing like you know how we like go deep into movies and music <sighs> and like yeah i mean and we're, we're not even the most de- you know some people go way down mm-hmm. but like some I, I i just know have known a lot of people where they're just like not interested yeah. at all <laughs> yeah well that's true i just think we have such like thought-provoking conversations that like my mind yeah. is always turning even it's like nice to hours get that. after we talk. Well, I think it's the um, way like, that. Damn. I think it's the way that. Sorry to cut you cut you off, man, but uh, I appreciate the. No, 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 you're good. I know. Seriously, yeah. Yeah, I love coming. I mean, I love talking to to you guys always. Like that. That's never gonna not be a thing. Because I think with you guys, anytime that y'all take in content, whether you're familiar with it or whether it's foreign to you, you're always thinking about it. Um. Like, in fact, I mean, some of the most enlightening conversations I've had with Levi have been the times that we, which we disagree. Because I end up coming away with uh, insight right. uh, into an alternative perspective that I wouldn't have, have thought about otherwise. Um, right, yeah. And I mean, I mean, Nate, same for you. I mean, I mean, again, the way that you elucidate about music um, makes me want mm-hmm. to listen to more music. Um, I feel like I don't <laughs> do enough of that, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, it's very clear that the, that the movies that each of y'all are, are passionate about has, has definitely forged, you know, has definitely made, made us all very ravenous consumers of, of, of entertainment. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I love coming on here, man. I love uh, being able to mm-hmm. talk about good songs and good movies and, and, you know, y'all put me yeah. on to good shit all the time. So yeah, hopefully I can do the same, yeah. you know? <laughs> Uh, we appreciate you, man. It's always, yeah. I always have a good time. Always have a good yeah, time. same. Preston, do you have anything you want to, any places people want to follow you or find you at sure. your writings? Sure. Um, yeah, no, if you're interested in, uh, if you have a letterboxd account, um, uh, find me at uh, P-R-E-S-T-O underscore M-I-T-C-H. Again, uh, you'll find uh List of some of my favorite movies, uh, my opinions of what I've watched recently. Um, actually, this week I'm doing a, uh, I'm doing kind of a. I took a break today just because I needed it, but uh, I'm doing a week uh, where I'm watching all movies from Robert Ryan. Uh, he's one of my favorite character actors. Um, he's in the Wild Bunch, the Dirty Dozen. Um, those movies. He was a very prominent civil rights activist, but um, who ironically played a lot of bigots in a lot of Westerns and uh, crime films and noir uh, of, of, of their old Hollywood days. So I'm, I'm digging really deep into some of his deep cuts that I've never seen before. So having a lot of fun with that. But, uh, but yeah. Man, so. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Sound Crusaders or Instagram and TikTok at Soundscape Crusaders. Until next time, you must chill. You must chill.